Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. sing of your love and justice to you O Lord I will sing praise Psalm 101 we're still on this theme of praise yes uh, we've, we've been focusing in the Psalms on what they show us about the nature and character of God but that immediately has an impact on us you see of how we relate to him and this Psalm Psalm 101 uh, one of the Psalms of David is a very good example of this Yes, it begins with David saying, I will sing of your love and justice. Uh, I will praise you, Lord. But then, you see, he says, now, to know God in that way is to have an impact on my life. I will be careful to lead a blameless life. When will you come to me? I will walk in my house with blameless heart. I will set before my eyes no vile thing. Now, you see, if you want to really know the Lord and be close to him, then you've got to be serious about God. Joyful. I've been talking about joy all week. But I've been saying there's a seriousness uh, about God and about God's purposes. Um, it's a joyful, it's not a somber seriousness. It's a joyful seriousness, but nevertheless a seriousness. So David is serious about his walk. You can't know the Lord or claim to know the Lord and not be serious about his will and his purpose and the way in which you live. And I often think um, that this first part of um, Psalm 101 uh, is something that needs to be constantly before Christians today. I was set before my eyes, no vile thing. You know, the mind is, is, is a bit like a photographic film. Whatever you look at makes an impression on you. And uh, therefore, to look at things that are vile actually is corrupting. And we, we don't need to do that. We just really do not need to do that. Uh, if, if you fix your eyes on things above, which is what the scripture tells you to do, you don't focus on sin. You don't watch sin. You're not regarding sin as an entertainment. You, you really, well, wait a minute, there's got to be a seriousness about this. If I really want to walk with God, if I'm really serious about his purposes, then I can't just switch him on and off and do things in part of my time that are grieving him and then expect to come back into a wonderful relationship with him at other times in my life. There's got to be some kind of um, continuity in our lives where we really are expressing in everything that we're doing the, the qualities of life and the principles that uh, Jesus teaches in his word. We're really reading some things that God absolutely hates in this psalm, aren't we? He hates people who slander their neighbors in secret, for example. Yes, men of perverse heart shall be far from me. I will have nothing to do with evil. Whoever slanders his neighbor in secret, him I will put to silence. Whoever has haughty eyes and a proud heart, him I will not endure. One of the things that, it, it almost scares me, to be honest, is to see the way that some Christians vilify other Christians. They judge them, they criticize them, they pull them down. And they're anointed men and women of God um, that they're criticizing. And uh, even David, you see, who um, wrote this psalm, uh, he honored the anointing on Saul, even though Saul was 
acting in such an ungodly and righteous way towards him. He would not touch one who was the Lord's anointed. And somehow this fear of God and this and this lack of honor for God is so obvious today that that um, that people just say and judge and criticize, condemn and pull down, often with devastating effects upon the church and ultimately, of course, upon their own lives because uh, Jesus warns that if we judge, we shall be judged ourselves with the same judgment with which we judge others. This psalm ends, Every morning I will put to silence all the wicked in the land. I will cut off every evildoer from the city of the Lord. This is strong talk. What are we to sort of, How are we meant to translate a verse like that? David, of course, was, was a king. And David realized that the standards that he set would become the standards for the nation. Um, you see, we live in a democracy and we elect our government. But the standards that the government sets, not just in legislation, but by the example of politicians, becomes the standard for the nation. Unfortunately, that is true because we seem to be challenged by more and more suggestions of corruption in high places, certainly of immorality, things that are displeasing to God. And if politicians are doing that, then inevitably they're going to make legislation which allows that. And so the, the whole uh, level of morality in the nation just goes into decline. And we've seen that happening in these last decades with one successive government after another. It's got nothing to do with parties. It's really got to do with politicians. And the fact that those who are responsible and who exercise such an influence over the affairs of the nation are not the principled people that David is talking about here, those that want to live a blameless life before God. Uh, instead, we've got the kind of attitude now is that a politician's private life is his own affair and has nothing to do with his political life. Well, that is just one of the biggest deceptions that is around today because a person is a person and you cannot divide your life up into sections like that. The same person who makes the legislation is the one that was in the wrong bed the night before. And that says something about the character of the person, about the heart of the person, about the standards of the person. And you cannot run away from that. So that's the message of this psalm then, that uh, God cannot stand duplicity and hypocrisy. And what we do in secret has to be as honorable as what we do in public. Yeah, no one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. Wow. I mean... I think we've got to the point where people are loath to believe politicians. They expect them to lie, or at least not to tell the full truth, or to say whatever is um, uh, going to favor their political ambitions and their party ambitions. And, you know, when did you last hear a politician give a straight answer to a straight question? <laughs> so how should we live in this sort of an environment then, Colin? What has that psalm got to say to us? Well, all the time we have to remember that this, the church is to be the light of the world, city set on the hill, salt for the earth. The church is to give the example. Um, you know, it, it's, I, I think, tragic 
that the church leaders in this nation, the leaders of denominations who ostensibly speak for so many people that are part of those denominations, just do not come out and speak boldly about these values. Just about the only exception to that is the Roman Catholic Church. And I, I honor the leaders, the Catholic leaders in, in this nation for being prepared to stand up and be counted and say, this is what we believe as the Catholic Church. Now, I personally don't believe in a lot of Catholic doctrine, but that, that's not the point. That's not what I'm talking about now. Um, I'm not going to vilify Catholics for being Catholics. I will give honor where honor is due and uh, because that's what the scripture tells us to do. And so I honor those leaders that are prepared to be forthright and outspoken. Uh, and well, those who compromise and those who say man-pleasing words, they one day are going to have to stand before God and give account for what they've done. When I'm speaking in this kind of forum on this program, I seek to speak the truth of, of God's word as I understand it and, and as um, I believe it's right to um, relate to the circumstances, not in my personal life, but of what's going on in the nation and among the nations today. And I think we've all got to have some integrity in that and stand up and be counted. So then we move on to Psalm 102. Hear my prayer, O Lord. A very different theme, a change of pace. Yes, uh, the, in, the introduction to these psalms is, is um, often very, very good to take note of because it says here, a prayer of an afflicted man when he is faint and pours out his lament before the Lord. One of the things that uh, I've been saying uh, as we've gone through the psalms these recent weeks is there's a psalm for you no matter what situation you're in, no matter what your circumstances or how you feel, there is a psalm that will express exactly how you're feeling. And therefore, you'll be able to identify with that psalm, but also that the Word of God will help you then to see your way out of the dilemma that you're in. Because the psalmists don't just speak of the negative, but they direct us towards the answer so that God's positive life can pour, pour freely into our lives. And you see, there is this great lament about the way the psalmist feels. But then in verse 12, by contrast, but you, O Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all generations. You will arise and have compassion on Zion. It is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. And so even, even in the midst of of, of desperation, as soon as the psalmist gets his eyes on the Lord, he begins to see that there's hope. There's hope for change, even for the nations. The nations will fear the name of the Lord. All the kings of the earth will revere your glory, for the Lord will rebuild Zion and appear in his glory. He re will respond to the prayer of the destitute. He will not despise their plea. So if any of you is feeling in a des uh, desperate or destitute um, um, sort of situation at this time, then hear these words because they'll give you great hope that God responds to the prayer of the destitute. He will not despise their plea. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 